This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. One of the big questions is what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. We're here for anyone who is interested in crypto at all. Maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water, or maybe you don't know anything about it, and this is the very beginning. But we recommend heading back to the early episodes to get your footing. However, if you're ready to dive in head first, then let's do it. In this week's episode, we discuss the Genesis and Grayscale fallout from the FTX saga. We touch on CZ and Coinbase, and there's a tweet story there, as well as discussing JP Morgan's digital wallet. And there's a whole lot of short, sharp news bites, so hang around. My name's Tracy, and this week it's Craig and I, as Blake is at NFT Fest with all of the other Aussies in the scene, it would seem. So we're holding the fort today and we're going to bring you the news from the last seven days. But there's also an interesting bit of housekeeping this week. Craig, fill in our listeners. Yeah, so we're actually dropping two episodes this week and we're going to be moving towards episodes on a Wednesday rather than a Monday. And the reason for that Mm. is right now we're recording on a Thursday, the episode goes live on a Monday, and the crypto news cycle is firing at the moment. (laughs) And what we've noticed is that by the time the episode comes out on Monday, we've probably missed one or two developments. And it's not even just because of Sam and FTX, but the crypto space, as you guys all know, it just moves so quickly. There's so much news, there's so much going on because we do cover such a wide variety of topics. So we're doing this for you guys to make sure that when you hear your news now, which will be on a Wednesday, that it is recorded the day before and you guys are going to be well and truly up to date. So, but better yet, yes. if you hit subscribe, then it will just mm. be on your home screen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you won't need to worry about jumping in. It'll be there ready for you. So, ready to go. So, that's Boom. it. You're listening to us today on Monday, and you're going to get a double whammy this week on Wednesday with some more news. There you go. All right. So, let's get into the news. And again, <laughs> lots has happened in the uh, FTX saga for the last seven days. So let's recap. What's what do we need to mention to the listeners this week, Craig? We'll just we'll just do a quick update on some of the um, revelations that have dropped and a new one that's just dropped this morning. So we've learnt from last week that Sam personally took three hundred million of the four hundred twenty million dollar raise that he did for FTX, essentially paying mm. himself. Um, and that little pay bonus made him the sixth highest paid CEO in the world. Mm. So generally when you when <laughs> when investors are investing in a company, they're investing to, I don't know, improve the product. That wasn't that, yeah, that wasn't in the pitch deck. Yeah. I don't think that was in the pitch deck. So no. like it's kind of shocking that a company of this size, Sequoia investing, Tom Brady massive celebrities, there's essentially no due diligence on their end. Oh, I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was, but um, it's at this point, it's smoke and mirrors. Like you said, who knows what was in that pitch deck? I've got a new term, Tracy, that I think it is. It's the bull market goggles. Mm, okay. Everyone just believes- In the hype. The In, in the hype and believes the best in, in everyone. And you know, don't worry about DD, but yeah, now it's coming to the forefront. 
And what also happened in the last seven days was that the hacker converted uh, 25,000 ETH or about 30 million into wrapped Bitcoin, which caused ETH actually to slip around 7% when it happened. At one point, we thought that the, the Bahamian government were the hackers, but they actually did come in and seize some different assets from FTX. So... There is still a hacker out there. We still don't know who they are, but uh, and they still do have a close to three hundred and seventy million. I feel like this whole hacker story has just been like everyone's just like, oh yeah, on to the next thing. Like this is a big deal, and we still don't even know who it is. SBF reckons it's an insider. Mm. There's Twitter threads going on about speculating who it is, but yeah, we still have no idea. Mm. But they're still tracing it. I was watching even just yesterday. Someone's still tracing where it's going. This as small bits still moving, but the bulk of it's still just sitting there. Mm. But yeah, look, another big revelation was that um, FTX owes $3 billion to its 50 largest creditors and one person in particular has lost $226 million. So that's incredibly unlucky for that person. And there's a lot of speculation around who that is. We won't mention it here, but... Has to be a fund. Has to be a fund. Uh, you would assume. You would assume. Mm. But that's, you know, $3 billion to the 50 largest, that's that's a lot of coin. Yeah. Mm. And a more insult to injury revelations have came out that Sam's parents own 19 properties in the Bahamas worth $121 million, most likely from FTX users. And also, the weak journalism continues. We touched on it last week. New York Times with the softest pieces on SBF. Forbes did a piece on Caroline, the Alameda CEO, also a soft piece of journalism, which is probably due to the fact that SPF has bankrolled a bunch of media companies um, and now he's even mm. talking at a New York Times event. So this this guy has stolen $8 billion from users or lost and now he's talking freely at an event. It's an embarrassment. So you just told me this this morning. So this has come out today. He's got and he's and he's also so we we do I, let's go back one okay, step. So what's back. happened in the last twenty four hours is that he's issued an apology. So this has come out. Um, he's written an apology to his staff and his team, and um, we'll leave a link to that if you want to read it. It's it's you know. Um, it's a it's a full page. It's it's a lot of waffle. It's a, he's, he's really he's pla- he's placing blame. It's similar to what he said in these other interviews. He doesn't make himself out to be the bad guy here. Again, it's all accounting woes. It's a load of rubbish, to be honest. Um, so that's come out in the last twenty four hours to his staff. And then you're saying this morning he's also published that he's now leaving the Bahamas and going to New York. Because I also saw this this morning somewhere. He's travelling to. I, I thought that the whole point was he was wanting, not wanting to get. Because they're trying to extradite him, aren't they, to go to New York? Is he is he leaving to go and speak at an event, or is he doing this? He's going to the Dealbrook Summit, Dealbrook Summit, with a journalist called Andrew Andrew Sorkin, who is a New York Times columnist. And Dealbrook is essentially this Andrew guy's column, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the gripe is that. This guy is essentially, I believe, a criminal for what he's done, right? We, we all believe, yeah. And yep. now he's freely flying to New York to chat to a journalist. And now revelations have come out that SPF has actually invested in New York Times. And it really is a bit embarrassing, really, because mm-hmm. after all this, there's one person in jail from all this saga which is the the kid that wrote the Tornado Cash Code, who is like a 20-year-old yeah. genius. He's in jail. Mm-hmm. But someone that can steal $8 billion from f- user funds is going to fly mm-hmm. to New York and talk freely 
to a journalist. Yeah, yeah. Look, it is. It's not right. And I was me and you were just before we started recording the podcast. We were talking to our lovely producer Sasha off air, saying that I saw a tweet early this morning about a guy in the Bahamas who's livid because. In the Bahamas, you still, I think this guy was saying he's, someone sold a sausage and now he's a sausage bun and he's now he's in jail for, you know, a couple of months, whatever it is, in the Bahamas. And and Sam's there just swanning around. There's photos of him and his parents in their lovely apartment and, and he seems to be getting away with it. In, in You know, he actually seems to be at this point getting away with it. However, I just don't think that's going to happen. He cannot get away with it. However, I am surprised he's travelling to... Um, New York, because I I believe they're trying to extradite him there. So it seems unusual that he would willingly fly there. So we might need to fact check that. Well, Elon has been commentating about this as well. Mm -hmm. And I think he summed it up very well. He said, he responded to the New York Times article and he said, this is one of the greatest failures in US journalistic integrity of the 21st century. I think that sums it up. Wow. The fact that I'm agreeing with Elon, we've really, something's wrong in this world. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Literally. <laughs> Look, I think, yeah, well, there you go. And th- that's a few things that have happened in the saga. And there's a lot of people reporting it out there. Um, Genevieve from The Grit, you should follow her on um, Instagram. She's actually put some really funny and well-researched little posts up so you can follow her. She's really on top of that story. But those are the ones that we know of uh, for the last week. So let's move on to our next story. Genesis and Grayscale, they will be part of this fallout and we are not sure where this is going. So Genesis has warned investors that it will go bankrupt uh, without new funding. The platform recently stated it needs $1 billion uh, as an emergency fund by the end of this week. It has reportedly had a difficult time raising the funds. Genesis held billions of dollars in FTT, which was the FTX native token. So by the time we do uh, put this one live on Monday, we'll know a little bit more about this uh, story. So according to Ram Aluha, he's like a crypto commentator. He says that Genesis has lost more earnings than they've generated since inception. So obviously not a good look. All due to the 3RS Capital and FTX contagion, if you will. And that's not exactly a great sales pitch because there's rumors or I think they have you know, suspicions that there is a $1 billion hole in the Genesis balance sheet. Tracy, what are your thoughts? This this kind of is scary for all the big players in the industry because it will talk about contagion, then this will filter through even further because DCA is the most prominent investment firm in the sector. So everyone, you know, there's tentacles run wild here. Everyone has some kind of link to these guys, which is why this is something that everyone's keeping an eye on. So it's unclear what the impact will be here, but there will definitely be a very, very big impact on the sector. And I guess we're going to find out after this week what will happen. In saying that, there's and, and me reading a little bit this week, there's a lot of people taking meetings. Apparently there's been no shortage of meetings to be had because there's a lot of people who are, are quite willing to put their hand up to help. Yeah, just so we'll, we'll put the link in the article in our show notes, but just to correct you, it's DCG, which is the Digital Currency Group which is the conglomerate that Genesis is a part of. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the tentacles run deep, but it's sort of almost worth mentioning as well. Retail got burnt with 
Luna and with FTX. Now with this, Genesis, Grayscale, all that, you know, ecosystem, this is where the institutions are going to. This is where mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. big funds have their money. So, you know, Cointelegraph have said this is this could have the potential of another black swan event yeah. because, as you know, institutions are holding a lot more than, than us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, quite doomsday story. It is doomsday and, like, I think let, let's leave it there for that one. But the, the FTX saga, you know, probably has set the space back a year or two. But I think as an industry, we'll learn from this and be able to call out the warning signs for next time because there will be another FTX. But um, I think things like this will learn from it and people will be able to see the warning signs again, hopefully. Well, my favourite bottom signal is crypto is dead. And I actually have seen a few articles about that. So everything here has signs of a bottom. This is peak doomsday. Can it really get any worse? I'm not sure. Yep. Not financial advice. I've been saying I've been saying it for six months. <laughs> the bottom's in, the bottom's in. I'll be right one day if I keep saying it. Speaking of the bottom, stocks have also had a pretty rough trot of it. And one of our crypto companies that's in the NASDAQ and not looking too good is Coinbase. So it could be a good buy right now. But look, many assets in the crypto ecosystem uh, have fallen out because of FTX's insolvency. And this is definitely one that's felt the pain because it is one of the ones where the regular people can pull their money out. And the Coinbase shares have hit an all-time low. Uh, Its shares have dived more than 80% year to date, hitting uh, $40.60 this week. They had reached a high of 429.50, which was April of 2021. Regardless of this, founder Brian Armstrong has come out and stated that I'm just as bullish on crypto as ever. Then a little bit of a Twitter drama unfolded and Craig, yeah, so this all happened yesterday and we're all jumping on the phone and and chatting about this. So tell us what happened. CZ again in the middle of the drama, starting to, to think he might not be the good guy or the um, the Luke Skywalker that we talked about a few weeks ago. Tell us what happened here. So we'll put the link in our show notes actually because mm-hmm. the tweet is deleted. <laughs> um, but CZ, he took down FTX. He's been pretty open on Twitter recently and he shared an article about Coinbase with some, you know, the article was clearly not correct, but he shared it and he said, Coinbase custody holds 355,000 Bitcoin for Grayscale. Four months ago, Coinbase had less than 600K BTC. So he's essentially like trying to insinuate that Coinbase are insolvent. Starting another run on. He's starting yeah. another run on. But what CZ forgot is that Coinbase is a publicly traded company and all of their finances are public. You can you can literally go on there now and look at their balance sheet that they release every quarter for their earnings. Brian pretty much reshared it and said, this is FUD. He, he even said that, remember, our financials are public. We are a public company. He also made another dig, Brian. He's like, remember, we all need to build this industry as a responsible way going forward. Be wary of false information. Yeah, well... CZ is not, Binance isn't public. Binance isn't even, you know, who knows. However, Binance are making great steps towards doing the right thing with their proof of solvency. So let's not That's bag true. Binance out. Let's not bag them out. Binance as a business is great, uh, you know, but I'm saying CZ as a person is running a very fine line right now of being just a bit of a 
a bit of a troublemaker, mm. to be honest. That's the word I'm going to call him. Bit of a troublemaker, yeah. Yeah. But the, the commentary, and I, I tend to agree, like last week or the last few weeks we sort of saw CZ as someone who had the best interests in mind and I think this tweet mm. has exposed him as like – not a villain, but... Because what, he, what did he do next, though, Craig? Because he came out then and said... He pretty much just said sorry. He just said sorry and he deleted so, the tweet. He said, oh, Brian... He, he said, Brian... Arm, he, he tweeted again and said, Brian Armstrong just told me the numbers in the articles were wrong, deleted the previous tweet. Let's work together to improve transparency in the industry. Well, maybe you should have hit up your old mate Brian personally and said, hey, just heard this, what's, what's the go there, instead of mm. gone public. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But Coinbase are the most transparent. Like you can read the share letter mm. notes, you can read all that stuff easily. But there, how many big players are there in the centralised exchange industry? You've got up there, there's obviously um, Binance and um, well now left. There's Crypto.com and Binance and um, Coinbase, Kraken, all the big guys. Like I'm just thinking about the big guys up there and then I'm thinking about us here in Australia where you've got um, Swiftex and, um, well, Binance here, but you've got Swiftex, BTC Markets, Independent Reserve, Coinspot. Who am I missing? I'm talking about all the Aussie ones and we all get along. We all chat. We're all mates. You know, we're all trying to help the industry. We all speak often. You know, we would never do anything to try and, you know, hurt the other person. I just feel that CZ's really in this instance shown his true colours. Yeah. Um, and if anything, Brian's actually looking the goods here. I agree. And, I mean, CZ has the power to move markets. Like I think the Coinbase stock took a bit of a tumble after he shared that tweet Then he deleted the tweet and then the Coinbase share price, you know, had a rebound. So it's no joke. But in saying that, it's just it's just CZ needs to, you know, his PR team needs to pull his phone out of his hand and move back because Binance is, as a business are still doing a lot of – like they jumped last week and – got straight into trying to help anyone that's in trouble with um, insolvency issues because of what's happened. I mean, as a business, they're doing some really great things for the ecosystem. So, you know, again, it's just CZ that's probably doing some some silly things at the moment. But that, let's leave that story there and head to a break. When we come back, we'll see what JP Morgan are doing in the space. Welcome back. You're listening to The Crypto Curious. JP Morgan Excellent gymnasts. What are they doing in the space at the moment? <laughs> Banking giant JP Morgan has filed a trademark for a digital wallet. The application for a digital wallet with crypto features has been awarded by the US Patent Office after more than two years in application status. Now, we often laugh about this on the show and point to the amazing gymnastic abilities of JP and their backflips in the crypto space because, like we've said this before, they, they were hating on crypto for a few years. But this last year, it seems that um, they're all over it, aren't mm. they? Yeah. So JP Morgan's run by this guy called Jamie Dimon. He's been very vocal in the past. Here's some of his quotes that he said. He said, I think Bitcoin is worthless. He said, crypto has no intrinsic value. He also said that cryptos are decentralized Ponzi schemes and the notion that is good for anybody is unbelievable. This is all, these are all a few years back. Like this is all pre, I think. This is all 2020, 20, yeah, yeah. And then, then it starts to change his tune a bit, yeah. He starts to change his tune a bit and, you know, since then they've partnered with Visa. They have a blockchain product called Link, which is Visa's um, business-to-business network. Um, They helped carry on-chain transaction for the settlement of BlackRock assets. And they even- Which is huge. Yeah, yeah, huge. They even had Panda Space into Central Land. So they're proper DGENs at this point. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> and that, that, so that's all been in the last 12 to 18 months. So, yeah. again, they've gone from being, yeah, being not, not too keen to all of a sudden everywhere. So this, this is pretty big news. And the fact that it's been in for two years, I mean, I, I was trying to look back at when he made those quotes. And that last one of crypto having no intrinsic value um, was, was 18 months ago. So, but th- you know what? They probably they probably you know file for the trademark just in case they're not silly. So, mm. Mm. and it could just be from a settlement level. They might not even go to market with a crypto wallet yeah. per se because the trademark itself does not exclusively apply to crypto. So, mm. yeah, they might have just made a couple, but they've done one in payments, bill payments, e check processing. All that sexy stuff. Yeah, all the real fun stuff. But again, JP Morgan flying that flag for crypto again. So good to see. Now, onto our short shard news bits because there's a fair bit to get through this week. Pudgy penguins will now be on your Kellogg's cereal box, which is pretty cool. Not all, and I don't know if it's going to make it over here to Australia, Craig, but someone's little pudgy penguin's done a deal and over in the US you might see a cute little pudgy. I don't think it's yours, Craig, but... Wait, so they did a deal and now they're using the penguin as like IP to sell cereal. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that? So you might have seen it. Barnett's dropped their first TV commercial featuring none other than Ronaldo on the eve of the World Cup. It is. What do you think about it, Trace? We'll put a link to it. Didn't like it. I thought it was a little bit cringe. It was cringy. It was big budget. It was cringy. I didn't like it. Many will. Crypto ads tend to be a bit cringy, don't they? Yeah. Let's go next. Seeing as though you're cherry picking them, I'm going to cherry pick too. Mattel is debuting an NFT marketplace this week on Flow blockchain and it's turning its toys into digital collectibles. And this is pretty cool. So the toy giant is launching an NFT marketplace uh, which is going to look at its collectibles such as Hot Wheels and Barbie. So this is quite cool and I was trying to work out whether the Barbie connection was still anything to do with the Boss Beauties because they, they've got something to do with Barbie. But Hot Wheels is a big one. I think if they can click in here and get something going with the kids, um, then that'll be huge. But again, Mattel joining the action there with the marketplace on Flow. Mm. Interesting news. If Flow had the NBA top shots and now, mm, yeah. Got, I seem to be getting everything. Interesting. What's next? So I was in Bali for the G20. I had a few meetings with Sleepy Joe Biden and some other world leaders. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, but Sleepy Joe was in Bali and he has been talking about crypto. He reckons that international rules that are consistent across countries are critical for the crypto space. I do agree with that. And he said potential risk to financial stability needed to be mitigated. So um, they're going to come up with a maybe cross-border rules that everyone should follow, um, which Mm. I think is probably a good thing. Yeah, agreed. Next up, so a virtual version of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade will be held alongside the real one this year and it's just a way of getting kind of the younger, more digital savvy fans excited about the event. The the department store is launching a scaled-down version of this uh, which will be hosted on on the on-cyber platform and the activation will also include some NFT galleries uh, from some of the creators and people can visit and vote on their favourite and, yeah, so they that's quite cool, a real live version of downtown Manhattan for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Cool. Nansen have showed positive – so Nansen's an on-chain analytics platform. 
they've showed that NFT market is actually bouncing. So it's been pretty much down only for ages now. Um, but they saw, you know, some pretty good volume in the last week. So 40 mil for OpenSea, 10 mil for Magic Eden, um, which is you know, quite a big bounce from what we saw in the previous weeks. Mm, that's good. Some good sentiment. That's good to hear. Maybe finding a bottom, the NFT market. Oh, Craig again with his bottoms. Okay. So investors are shorting Bitcoin and Ethereum in record numbers at the moment. So the statistics show more institutional investors than ever are betting on the price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies going down, according to a report this week by CoinShares. Institutional investors' sentiment was deeply negative, according to the report, as short product inflows represented 75% of the total inflows, which is massive, actually. That's, That's bonkers. But on that, I just wanted to round out today's episode and saying that we know historically that December and even November are are not great for crypto because December leads into tax tax time in the US and it's a notoriously red month for crypto charts. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do get a sell-off leading into the Christmas period and then we get that pump into the new year. Um, So that's kind of what everyone's expecting. You know, obviously we've seen what's happened with FTX. Sentiment's not great. We're going into a a period that's notoriously bad for crypto anyway. So that's, I think, where all these these short plays are coming in. And I wanted to finish off by saying that remember that people often, this, this market in general often does the opposite of what we think it is. So if 75% of the market's shorting, then... Who knows? What are you, what are you trying to say? To. What are you trying to say, Chase? I'm just trying to say maybe you open a cheeky 100x long. No, just kidding. I'm saying who knows? This market likes to mess us about and, you know, it's, yeah, wait and see. It's a it's a interesting time, that's for sure. And that's it for this week. So join us again next week or this Wednesday as it might be and maybe bring a friend. Tell your friend about the Crypto Curious podcast if you've got anyone else, especially over this holiday period as well when everyone's talking about crypto or or people are asking you about FTX and what's going on. Point them the way of the podcast because hopefully we're explaining things well for you. And if not, you've got more questions, then hit us up on the email, which is podcast at getbamboo.io or on social media. We've got the Facebook page. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to us right now. And um, we'll see you next time. Bye for now. See you guys. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.